What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 104. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Alex, but I don't think I'm doing as well as the city of Naples. Uh, <laughs> Napoli waited not 104 episodes, but they waited 33 years to finally get their hands on the Scudetto once again. And I'm going to say it. We'll talk about it later, I'm sure. But there were two kings. Mm. There were two kings that led that. To you know what? There were 11 kings and Spalletti and De Laurentiis. There were a lot of heroes. There are a lot of heroes in Southern Italy right now, and uh, before we go any further, you got to give it up for them. We're going to talk about how they did it later, mm -hmm. but I got to ask, Alex, how are you? We've got Champions League, we've got Europa League, we've got all that good stuff coming back. How are you doing? I'm phenomenal because we're going to have so <laughs> many answers this week, okay? The next week is going to be mm -hmm. so promising in terms of football, and but I just want to mention, okay, Scottishly, we got a winner with Celtic, okay, winning the Scottish League. There it is. No surprise, okay, but the biggest win, yes, that was Napoli. They won extremely bold, but put down below in the comment section, who do you believe is going to win the Premier League, La Liga, hopefully everybody says Barca, <laughs> and all the other leagues that we can talk down below okay we will answer every comment people and don't yep. forget to like this video episode 104 let's get let's try to get more than 100 likes people because Please. i'm gonna warn you we are about mm. to go bold on certain topics and it's champions league <laughs> time champions league predictions okay this is gonna be a bold matchup an anticipated final between real madrid <laughs> And Man City first game in the Bernabeu and ooh, what what a time that it is to be a Real Madrid yeah. fan right now because yeah. Real Madrid won Copa del Rey 2-1 Rodrigo Goes scored two goals in Copa del Rey this is a big time player that is following the footsteps of Cristian Ronaldo his idol okay and I want to say project Perez, Florentino Perez, Project <clears throat> Neymar, because he didn't get Neymar in the past, is working out. Vinicius, Rodrigo, Hendrik, all <laughs> ballers, Eder Militão, Brazilian yeah. core, Brazilian yeah. core. So big credit to Florentino Perez for doing this time. No misses. No misses on that one. But let's be honest, it, it has not been, you know, a straight up, uh, an exponential uh great development affair mm. Vinny took some while uh, took a while to get going rodrigo has taken a while to get going but my goodness uh the two uh, two of them on either wing with benzema in the center it is a beautiful beautiful sight and yet i i don't mean to kind of pop the balloon here mm. in the room and yet they were just surpassed by atleti in the la liga standings because guess what it's not about la liga anymore it's about once again vanquishing <laughs> Pep Guardiola and Manchester City, and I think even more specifically, Erling Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne, who are both kind of cooking, mm -hmm. cooking right now, for lack of a better term. But yeah, back to Real Madrid, that win against Osasuna wasn't exactly easy. Uh, but sure. one thing is for sure, I think Rodrigo is in that later season stage that he was in last season. Uh, because let's be honest, if it weren't for Rodrigo they would not have that Champions League to their name last season. True. And we'll see if he can do the same thing against Manchester. Actually, hold on, refrain. Let me let me reframe that. Mm. Rodrigo's going to have to do that again. He has to be as dangerous or close to as dangerous as Vinny on the other side for them to have a chance to beat this in-four Manchester City squad. That is fucked. 
factos. Yeah. They need an inform Rodrigo and inform Vinicius Jr. I'll say to this, Vinicius Jr. with 22 yeah. goals in all competitions mm. this season is the most informed Brazilian and City must must be aware because he's about to go bold if they win the Champions League. It's Ballon d'Or talk right now. I'll say this. Vinicius Junior, in terms of one-on-one, the skill set, the technique, the speed, nobody beats him. He's the best one-on-one winger in the world right now. Left wing, Rodrigo Vinicius Forever Galacticos. That's it. That's it. And the midfield two of Real Madrid. If Jude Bellingham Signs for mm-hmm. Real Madrid with oh. Vinicius in front and Rodrigo set. Valverde, yeah. Camavinga, Chuameni. They'll have the best midfield too for the next decade. That is Bonkers. unbelievable f- by Florentino Perez to do this. And Florentino yeah. Perez will be remembered as one of the greatest presidents for a football club because he is one, one trophy away of surpassing Santiago Bernabeu that is seen as... One of the greatest presidents in the history of football, too. So, Florentino Perez is doing just that, okay? It's unbelievable. So, it's unbelievable. So, you're saying Estadio Florentino Perez in the future? <laughs> is that what you're saying here? Okay. It, it, because we probably might happen to Bernabeu. It could be. It could be. But, yeah, you, you, listen, you, you mentioned Vinicius, and I, and I almost think I, I get... Mm-hmm. Once again, kind of like with Erling Holland and Harry Kane in the Premier League, how Harry Kane's 26 goals are just like, eh, mm. because of Erling Holland. Vinicius Jr., like his his year, his second season, his second consecutive season with 40 goal involvements. Oh. And not only that, both seasons, last season and this season, have been split pretty evenly between goals and assists. Mm-hmm. He can assist you. He can help you out, and he can also get it done on his own. But there's something that that has really, really stuck to him this season that has made him go into that upper echelon of definitely top three attackers on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. Holland, Mbappe, Vinicius. Right now, okay? yes. Yes, right now. And what it comes down to, it's, it's a chip on his shoulder. It's a, I am always annoyed. And I don't know if that's his treatment in La Liga. I don't know if that is... Um, uh, just his personality, his on-field personality that's coming out, but it is absolutely vital to how he plays. He plays to the whistle. Mm-hmm. He does whatever he has to do to get things done, and if it's beating a man one-on-one or if it's being a little liberal with a simulation, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. He gets what he needs to get done. This is not Vinicius, obviously, from three, four, five years. His first two seasons with Real Madrid, he had a little over 20 goal involvements. These last two, 80. 80 plus so it's uh, i honestly think the the most we're going to sit here we're going to talk about how do you stop erling holland right i think there's there, there needs to be more talk about how does manchester city stop vinicius jr oh completely i completely agree with you and rodrigo goes too <laughs> yes but that's what you say vinicius jr's mentality for sure is one of the biggest reasons for his skill set. And two, Vinicius Jr. was w- learned with Modric, Ronaldo. He learned with the best. He learned with the best mm-hmm. with Real Madrid. So I completely agree with that point that you're saying about Vinicius Jr. And that top three. It's, it's fantastic that you're referencing that. And I just want to say, last <laughs> thing on my end. Look at yes. this player. He is look. I know Eden Hazard is one of the luckiest man, okay, to play for <laughs> Real Madrid and to win complete football. Basically, he's won everything. But there's another player uh-huh. too that has been winning everything with Real Madrid, and 
He will be remembered for just Three. winning things at Real Madrid. Mariano Diaz yeah. has won yeah. two FIFA World Cup. Ay, Mariano Diaz has won two FIFA Club World Cups. He's won three La Ligas, <laughs> two Champions Leagues, one Copa del Rey, and two Spanish Super Cups. Mariano Diaz. Mm -hmm. And he was the number seven. The number seven, okay, at, at a given time at Real Madrid. This man, yeah. Hey, yeah, come on, completed football, Mariano Diaz. So I just wanted, oh my gosh. <laughs> just wanted to well, say, listen. just stop. But we got to reference City, though. Like, the biggest sure. enemy ever of Real Madrid yeah. as a manager is mm -hmm. for sure Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola right. must be, must be, I, I can't even, he must be stressing so much about this game because the legacy, <laughs> the legacy of Man City is all dependent on this because they got Haaland. They got Holland yep. because of, of Real Madrid. They couldn't get it done. And this season, Pep Guardiola has like Pep Guardiola has already a thousand goals. A thousand goals mm -hmm. for Man City in 404 games as a manager. The attention to detail, the pressure he puts his players, this is definitely one of the greatest to do it. So Man City yep. wants and need and demand. The, the shanks must demand a Champions yeah. League for Guardiola. So this is what it takes. Pep Guardiola will not leave Man City without that Champions League. I guarantee you. No. Guarantee you, especially when his brother is one of the biggest people in the Girona project. He is involved with the mm. City group. And I wouldn't be surprised even if Pep Guardiola stayed stayed long-term a lot of seasons at Man City and be remembered Maybe. next to Ferguson. So that's what Real Madrid are competing against. Like, Guardiola. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know how you, from, from infrastructure to money to uh, to the the ability to do what you want, what you need, um, I don't mm -hmm. know how Pep Guardiola is ever going to get as much autonomy as he currently has at Manchester exactly. City. Um, so I, I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Uh, but with that said, we are we are rapidly approaching the time where everyone says that uh, Pep Guardiola goes into over analysis mode, right? <laughs> where he starts to potentially defeat himself. I mean, mm -hmm. as good as Ader Melitao has been, uh, as okay as the entire Real Madrid defense has been uh, for the most part this season, uh, even though they haven't gotten the results that they've wanted, um, Erling Holland is going to get his chances. It's it's not if. It's not That's if, right? That's it's it's when. And and it's really going to come down to Thibaut Courtois and whether or not he can make the saves um, that are absolutely necessary. And we all know, yeah, Thibaut Courtois can do it. If, uh, we've seen it happen before. That's a um, very good point, so, Bretson, because if Real Madrid mm -hmm. managed to stop Erling Haaland in these two fixtures, both Thibaut Courtois and El yeah. Militão respectively will be considered the best players in their positions. Best center back, I still say Ronaldo Rouge, okay, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But Courtois mm -hmm. de could do just that against Man City. Great point. Yeah. Great point, it's 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 well gonna be all I can say is that if for some reason the first leg winds up three zip in either direction, mm -hmm. this thing's not over. It's not over. I Nor agree. will it ever be. I don't. Okay, maybe five zip or something. But we know we've seen it before with the remontadas, the last gas goals. We're in for a treat. And uh, if you're not excited about this, this is this this is football. This is football at its best. Um, true, and 
the narrative, I guess, the rivalry uh, is more Guardiola versus Real Madrid than it is Manchester City versus Real Madrid these days. Um, <laughs> but it is rapidly becoming Manchester City as a team versus Real Madrid. Exactly. It's not quite like the other one. Mm. which is AC Milan versus Inter Milan, which we will get to in a second. Mm -hmm. But this is clearly the one that uh, I'd imagine millions and millions and millions upon millions are going to be looking for this. Is this Guardiola's first um, real, well, not first real attempt, but uh, if he makes it through to the final, we all think he's going to win. We think the winner of this semifinal, this has not changed, right, Mm -hmm. is going to win the Champions League final, correct? I, I agree. I agree. But okay. if 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 it's not going to be Inter stopping, if someone stops, it's AC Milan. <laughs> I'm mm. that kind of giving a glimpse of what I think of that outer fixture. Yes, but you just, are. Just wanted to say, Erling Haaland with 35 goals scored in one season yep. in the Premier League will be remembered forever, especially yeah. in his debut season. He's just getting started with Pep Guardiola. And he will be remembered as one of the greatest players to ever play in the Premier League. And once again, I'll what say you, uh, just getting started. Yeah, just getting started. Yeah, 22 years old. He's 22 years old. Exactly. He's 22 years old. That's absolutely unbelievable. Um, what do you think about that whole uh, dust-up? Uh, the Gundogan. Uh, during the Leeds match, the Gundogan, yep, who had well, obviously one killer of a game. But Erling Holland. For those that don't know, Erling Holland is uh, was supposed to be the designated penalty taker. Guardiola wanted him to take the penalty, and Erling Holland, because Gundogan was on a hat trick, uh, Erling Holland gave it to him. Um, and yep. Pep Guardiola had words for Erling, and he also had words for Gundogan. He's a leader. So, uh, uh, a do leader. you like that? I like that. I mean, it's uh, uh, it's what I yeah. said. Like Guardiola is all about attention to detail, and the detail said sure. with the preparation. Erling Haaland is my penalty kicker number one, regardless. And I completely understand because when they don't score that pen, they suffer. And in Portugal, we say, Keino Marquesov, who doesn't score, suffers goals. That's what we say. And it's so (laughs) true. Like, the confidence went down immediately because of that decision. And they did win. They won 2-1. And I think for Haaland, Mm -hmm. it's all about learning. It's all about learning. And who's a better teacher than Pep Guardiola right now in football? I think it's very difficult to find one. And Kevin De Bruyne, too. Like, Kevin De Bruyne, he will be very, very important to beat Real Madrid. And let's yes. see, Luka Modric against Kevin De Bruyne. That'll be interesting. The Modric that will extend another season at Real Madrid. Great yes. news. So Modric, Kroos, Benzema, they will stay Galacticos next season. So let's wait and see if Don Carlo Ancelotti wins the Champions League and Florentino Perez is really happy for him to stay another season. If not, Brazilian but, national team. <laughs> so. But they will not. they will not stay the first choice midfield at Real Madrid. I think this has got to be a more... Mm, advisory role, a more locker yeah, room role, yeah, yeah. a more depth role for Modric. I mean, I know we've been saying it for years when it comes down to it, and he's been uh, defying the odds and and just beating us all back with how flipping just timeless the man is. Uh, and he does; he seems to age like fine wine. But I, I, I think, yeah, we've got you've got to let go and let the Valverde, let the Shuamanis, let the Kamavingas, uh, they've got to be able to step up. True. And they've got to be able to deliver long term. But I love that he did. They are stepping. I agree, but I agree with you. With Sai Modric, he needs to phase out. And I think next season, especially if Bellingham comes, I think he'll be willing to phase out a bit in those games. And to my. Listen, you. Yeah, but you say that they step up, right? Real Madrid has stepped up, but Mm -hmm. their depth. 
and their their reliance or their uh, the, the freedom that would be given to the depth by Ancelotti by the team in general. I mean, wouldn't you have said then that this was not some like miraculous season from Barcelona necessarily, right? Mm. Real Madrid dropped the balls multiple times. They should be able to fight on multiple fronts with the depth that they currently have, mm, right? Uh, um, and they're now in third place in La Liga, one point behind Atleti. Like given moments, you need you need depth in striker. You need depth in yeah. certain positions. And I do believe had, mm, in, in, mm-hmm. in terms of forwards, Real Madrid, yeah. I think they need they need options. And I'm gonna say like yeah. last thing on my end with Man City, it's Gundogan. Yes, he did score a brace and he missed that unfortunate mm-hmm. pen. But Gundogan is one of the most complete midfielders I've ever seen in the Prem. He's underrated for how good he is. And he had 170 passes completed in that game. The most by any player in the Premier League in one match this season. Gundogan is one of the best, once again, midfielders I've seen in the Premier League. Okay, he's very underrated. Very underrated. Next next stop, Dortmund. Next stop, I think even Barca. I I think even Barca. But let's see. Let's see. Barca needs to figure a lot of things. And I think they're in the process of doing just that. But the other fixture yeah. we mentioned with Milan yes. Inter, okay? This is going to be well. a madness, okay? Because Mike Magnan is back, the best goalkeeper yep. in Serie A, and the leader. The leader and the inspiration for that. Unbelievable Milan defense. Tomori, too, has 100 mm-hmm. appearances for AC Milan. Southgate is criminal <laughs> that you don't call him consistently. But I wanted to start with those two because they're key, key. Key. They are, they are. But listen, Inter Milan, Inter Milan is is really revving up right now. They're revving up. They're peaking at the right time. And uh, Lautaro Martinez is not to be messed with at all. Okay, he's got five goals, two assists in his last four Serie A matches. They're on a four-game win streak. Okay, they're getting closer to Juve at second. They're getting closer to Lazio in third. Um, and I honestly do believe that if Inter had a shot all season. They're coming into this with their best form. Okay. Bastoni's been good. Uh, Varela has been good. There's been a lot. Uh, DeMarco has been very good. Yes. I, I honestly believe that, that AC Milan, um, is going to have a, a much, much tougher time, uh, than we might. I, I think we liked the story behind AC Milan, but I, I was a little worried. What? 10 minutes into that AC Milan match over the weekend, uh, Rafaleo had to depart. Now, hopefully that was precautionary, uh, but we will find out soon enough when, whenever it was. But I do, I need to bring this up because, mm. my goodness, it was a trip down Nostalgia Lane. It was a trip uh, back to, like, the birth of my kind of football fandom uh, when I was younger. The last time Inter Milan and AC Milan played each other in a Champions League semifinal, this AC Milan 11 was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> you had Kaká. You had Pirlo, you had Shevchenko, Cafu, Yap Stam, you had Maldini, you had Sedorf, Crespo, Dida. I mean, just pure, wonderful, wonderful nostalgia there. Um, Inter, meanwhile, had Adriano. They had uh, Zanetti, I think. Who else? Cambiasso, Varone. They had a good side as well, but this AC Milan squad was like one of the reasons why I fell in love with football. So... Good stuff. I, I love how you're mentioning that. I love how you're mentioning because not like that team. <laughs> I yeah. want to say that. Not like that team. 
But we have some names that can become legends with AC Milan. And yeah. I just want to say Inter, Lukaku speaking up for him. Di Marco is being one of the best fullbacks in Serie A lately. Yep. The form he's in for Inter. Unbelievable. Barella, Bastoni, Onana, one of the best goalkeepers in the world in form right now. Inter right now? have <laughs> reasons to go bold against AC Milan. But I'm going to reiterate, Rafa Leon, if he's informed, yes. he'll be the best player in the two legs against Inter. I believe in this Rossoneri, especially when Napoli, okay, with Victor Osime, he will most possibly win the best player of Serie A. Rafa Leon doesn't mm. want to be forgotten because last season he was that guy. So let's wait and see if yeah. in the Champions League he'll go bold like I'm predicting. And But hey, hey, if Leo can't go, mm-hmm. okay, all you need is Teo Hernandez to unleash one of, I, his, uh, exactly. one of his full field runs. Uh, okay, so I'm sorry. I just stole your thunder <laughs> when it comes down to that. But if there was any uh, any fight uh, behind who is one of the best or the best fullbacks mm-hmm. in the world, um, Teo Hernandez, is. Uh, he just raised his hand over the weekend oh, and no said, that, that's me. Teo Hernandez that is, me. is the best left back in the world right now. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. It's not phenomenal. even informed. The importance he has for Issa Milan. Completely. Absolutely. And 11, mm-hmm. Champions League 11 of, of, of the season, Teo Hernandez yeah. is for sure the left back on that team. And he deserves that. Mm. He deserves that show. So we are both, okay, this is the moment. So Man City, Real Madrid, we are going to pick yeah. who for this match? <laughs> oh, my gosh. My, my head is, believe it or not, telling me Inter Milan. My heart is telling me AC Milan. Um... Uh, Inter but, uh, Milan. Real, Real Bayern. Real Bayern. Oh, what was that? Real Bayern. Oh, Real Bayern. Real uh, City. I'm sorry. Real Bayern. Oh, City. Oh, we're starting with Real City. Apologies. Um, I am going to say uh, I'm sticking with it. Manchester City looks absolutely infallible at the moment. And um, it's going to take a heroic uh, offensive threat, um, like ridiculous, uh, for them to forget that Erling Holland is there. Uh, okay. So I'm going to say Manchester City will get through Pep Guardiola in the final. Okay, I like that. I like that. I'll say Real Madrid to be the opposite. And Vinicius Junior <laughs> getting getting it done with Rodrigo Besema. Modric experience, I think, will matter the most in this match. But Erling Haaland so good. against Milito yeah. and Courtois. It's about to yeah. go bold. And Milan, Inter uh, Milan. Who are we going to go yeah. for? Who are we going to go okay. for? Okay. Let me repeat myself very quickly. I My head is saying Inter Milan. My heart is saying AC Milan. I'm going to let my head win over on this one. Um, I think Inter Milan is in great form. I think Lukaku, surprisingly, I know we've all kind of Harry Maguire the crap out of him this year, probably under, understandably so at times. I think uh, Lukaku and Lautaro are going to be tough for AC Milan to corral. I'm going to say Inter Milan in the final against Manchester City. Oh, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go against that. I'll go Ace Milan on this end. I believe in Rafa, Mike Magnanteo, but it's true. Inter are the best in form right now. But they had a big yep. win too. Ace Milan against Lazio, two 0 but they not six nil yeah. against Verona. I was shocked no. when I saw that. I was shocked. I wasn't expecting that for sure. But tell us in the comment yeah. section down below who do you pick between Real Madrid. And Man City, not Bayern Munich, like I was saying. Me thinking it was the Bayern Munich of the past. <laughs> then Inter hey, is a lot. <laughs> I we I all had we all had higher hopes for that. Um, Nagelsmann led uh, Bayern Munich, <laughs> but that did not materialize, did it? Oh, um, but hey, nice it, these are two beautiful, beautiful fixtures, and I I can't wait. Tuesday can't come fast enough. 
It's that's great, great mention with Nagelsmann right there because in eight games in the Champions <laughs> League, Nagelsmann had eight yeah. wins. So let's yeah, wait man. and see. Put down below mm. your picks, people. So now Premier League time. This league cannot stop going bold results here and like shoot you always have a great result in the weekend with the prem if it's a shocking sure. if it's someone breaking a milestone the premier league is the most entertaining league no doubt okay in the world the premier league next yeah. season i'm hyped up to see a manchester united second season with eric ten hag mm -hmm. newcastle will have more results arsenal will know more and liverpool fixed fixed their midfield and chelsea who will be the manager, yep. and if Chelsea will be the same bad Chelsea of this season. So I'm hyped oh for my. next season. And Man City, out of yeah. four, uh, Man City, out of 54 points in 2023, mm -hmm. they have only dropped eight points. Eight points, and this is because Ruben Dias is back, and he is the main reason. I'll say with uh, next to Erling yep. Haaland, obviously, that City yep. win. The Premier League this season. But great result from Arsenal against Newcastle. They did what they had to do against the best defense in the Premier League in terms of numbers, Newcastle. But yeah. Arsenal, yeah. you cannot stop, man. Arsenal, I unbelievable. Unbelievable. 2-0 yeah. win. Uh, uh, that, that first half was possibly one of the more entertaining first halves of football I've seen, at least in recent memory, um, because both sides had great... Um, great chances but listen the first half was all nick pope keeping newcastle in the game and the second half half was aaron ramsdale making some phenomenal saves True. um but it did feel like arsenal had like a step up in their development uh a step up in kind of knowing what they they had to do and 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 what they had to play with uh in order to get that result but to get that result with newcastle as good as they've been that was mm -hmm. that was showing something and this you know hey this premier league title fight it ain't over yet. Mm. It ain't over. It feels it feels over. It feels over, but it ain't over yet. Okay, we've seen crazier things happen, uh, but my goodness, Manchester City has just been so, so perfect. Still needs to face Brighton, uh, man. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. Arsenal, Arsenal, Man City, yeah, Man City. Late stage, twenty twenty three. They are not perfect because they had some glimpses, but. The, they the competition, man. And for Arsenal, Arsenal's main player this season, in my opinion, I it's hard between the Chelsea Martinelli, Saka, and Odegaard. But Arsenal's right. leader, Martin Odegaard, has 15 mm -hmm. goals scored and seven assists. No penalties. It's... No penalties in the 15 <laughs> goals scored. And it's the first yeah. time a pe uh, like a duo with Martinelli and Odegaard both score more than 15 goals in the Premier League. That hasn't yeah. happened, okay? So I no. want to give huge credit to what Arteta is building with Arsenal. A hard win against Newcastle. You got Saka, you got Martinelli, you got all these yeah. players improving, improving. And I have something I want to say too with the Premier League. Mm -hmm. EA Sports have released their best 11 of the season. It has Ramsdale in goal, Trippier, Saliba, Ruben Diaz, and Sinchenko in defense. And the three in midfield with Casemiro, Odegaard, Kevin De Bruyne, and the three forwards with Salah, Haaland, and Rashford. And notice so how I didn't say Martinelli or Saka. EA Sports, right. do your research, man. There's a reason why Arsenal are in second, and these two wingers are definitely ahead of Salah this season, in my opinion. 
I'll say that. Yeah. I wanted to leave that out. I wanted to put this out. Just a confession. <laughs> Just and that confession. and that defense that uh, that defense doesn't really make much sense either. But uh, all right, you know. Well, come where, on. where 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 where? Well, Saliba no. maybe yes because of late form. But Ruben yes, oh. Trippier yes, and yes. Zinchenko yes. I agree. I don't agree with Zinchenko. Hey, no. Who's the left back? So mm, interesting, bro. Well, we'll have to think well, about that. But we'll have our elevens, well, right? We'll have our elevens yeah, we'll in the future. 11s. Soon, soon enough. That's sadly we're coming to the end of the season here. But listen, <laughs> I, I think when it when it comes down to it, I mean, Arsenal's uh, what they've gotten out of Martinelli this. I, I come on, this is like beyond Mikel Arteta's wildest dreams. I don't think there was any expectation for them to be this high octane, this high power, this relatively consistent with you know a few little hiccups, minor hiccups here. But like Liverpool just spent what. 100 plus million more than that in order to revamp their whole offense and they couldn't even come close to this between Gakpo, Darwin, um, you know, Diaz. I I get it, a lot of injuries there. Uh, But when it comes down to it, Arsenal has just gotten so much um, out of of what they've they've been able to do this season. And Odegaard is the, is that, that kind of one, that glue that kind of keeps it all together. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was very, very impressive. Um, But... I don't know, man. I mean, Arsenal's still got a few fixtures left. Um, is there a shade? Is there a percentage out of 100% uh, where you think Manchester City bungles this? Uh, say they get their hearts broken in this Champions League semifinal um, and it demoralizes them and they drop a... F- you think there's anything, anything no, that, that puts them. Arsenal's hands on this trophy? I think it's going to be, if they get it, it's not this season. It's going to be the next two seasons, in my opinion. So I think hard. Man City... Easier said than done, right? Yeah, I think, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Man City, they have an experienced team. The main difference between Man City and Arsenal, in my opinion, is the Man City team is built around winners. They all want yeah. something in their life, and they are clearly intending to win the Premier League and the Champions League this season. Like, it's mm-hmm. underrated the fact that Foden will have five Premier League titles, okay? <laughs> and he's under 23 still. Five Premier yeah. League titles. That, like, the silverware that Foden can have at the end of his career will be definitely in the competition of one of the greatest Englishman in terms of silverware, at least. Technique, yeah. too. Yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't look like an English player. So, Man City yeah. and Arsenal are competing against this. So, Arteta, the culture changed. And I think this yep. transfer window for Arsenal fans will be very interesting what they do. I think they'll get another midfielder, Mojis Caicedo mm-hmm. or Declan Rice type midfielder, mm-hmm. another center back because you can't rely on holding in big games and another yeah. forward or uh, another forward that can play striker and winger. Or oh, Tris Balogun, please. Balogun's killing it in Liga, Arsenal. So I think they'll be better next season. I think better in, s- in the sense that they'll be more structured and expected success and it'll, they'll, they'll get wins. I think Newcastle yeah. is just my biggest question mark and how they hit the market. My suggestions for uh, for Newcastle to hit the market is with Moussa Diaby, it's with Ugart, and I would okay. give everything for a Mason Mount type player. A player that understands yeah. what it is to play at the highest level for an English club with Chelsea who won the Champions League. So that would be Brunge Marej Mount and, and uh, Ugart. That's my suggestion. Yep. But... Like, this is a... (laughs) That was a mouthful, man. That was a mouthful, but I'm going to tell you, based on... uh, I know you mentioned Arsenal, Moises Caicedo. I believe his price tag probably just went up another $10 once uh, Mikel Arteta just found out he could potentially play right back, too. (laughs) Whoa, Um, that's true. My goodness. Moises Caicedo at right back 
<laughs> in the win versus Manchester United. I get it was a 98th minute or something injury by Alexis McAllister that won the thing, but Brighton were toe-to-toe -to -toe with Manchester United the whole way. And my goodness, I have to say it, Roberto De Serbi, absolutely ballsy of him because heading into this, you'd expect Caicedo, you'd expect Matoma, you'd expect McAllister, you'd expect them all to be in that best 11, that mm -hmm. top 11, right, to, to face United. Who did he send out there? 21-year-old Billy Gilmore started. Okay, nothing against him, but he hasn't had a lot of game time this season. Sent out 18-year-old Facundo Buonanote. He sent out, uh, let's see, 19-year-old Julio Enciso. And they matched him. They matched him with uh, with vigor. They matched him with excitement. They matched him. They weren't quite toe-to-toe, -to -toe, mm -hmm. but they were certainly stretching Manchester United. And, and I love it. Uh, but that also could have just horribly backfired in some respects like this is brighton fighting for a european competition for the first time right it, this is uh, yeah, they they do but to have the balls to do that is very uh, it's either impressive or foolish but this time it looked impressive um so i gotta give it and i am i am absolutely convinced for liverpool fans if you're spending 60 million on alexis McAllister. <laughs> he's he's every he's every bit the price tag i will put my weight behind this one he is every bit the price tag um and i get it some people might feel mcallister's got a world cup tax to him but he has done nothing but show consistency since, since he came back and it is always very weird to see somebody not break out in the premier league first he breaks out in the world cup wins a world cup and then comes back and essentially breaks out in the premier league um this this guy can do a lot for liverpool they're going to still need to spend mm-hmm they're going to still need to spend, but Alexis McAllister would be a good first acquisition. I like 100%. it. I like it. You're mentioning the two clubs. I like it, and I agree with you. McAllister for yep. 60 to 70 million to Liverpool gives guarantees, and that's what Liverpool need. Reminds me a bit of the Sadio Mane when they got him from Southampton. They know what they, mm -hmm. he can do in the Prem, and they will invest in just that. McAllister is a baller, and that that win yep. against Man United. Overall, Brighton deserve it. They were the best team in, the, in, that, in, in that game. And that 1-0 yep. win with a penalty right at the end. And McAllister celebrating with the Messi celebration. That was iconic. It's an iconic memory yep. for Brighton fans. And yes, McAllister's going to leave. But I've got a list. I got a list. I always have a Brighton list because they tend to do this. Under 23 yeah. Brighton players to watch. Moises Caicedo, Evan Ferguson, Julio Enciso, Lone Levi Colwell, uh, Buenanote. They have on loan Yasin Ayari. They have Kasper Kozlaski at St. Gilles. They got Adingra. They got uh, Aaron Connolly too on loan. So a lot, a lot of youth in the future of Brighton. They just know what to do with business. And the Zerbi is the greatest manager that they could have acquired for what they are doing. Okay, the Zerbi knows the plan. He 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 does. He when he's chosen. He, he plays with the three center backs really well. And players like Billy Gilmore have improved. Moises Caicedo have improved. He understands yeah. the philosophy of Brighton. So once again, Brighton showing great management from the top. They are. And I, I just think about what they've been through, mm -hmm. right? Not even, not even, I, I, you remember the Southampton-Liverpool connections. The Sadio Mane goes there. Every time Southampton, uh, you know, essentially signs somebody, Liverpool signs them next year for three times the price. <laughs> Right. Chelsea. We all remember that. Right? And it does. I completely understand, you know, the Southampton uh, parallel with Brighton because mm -hmm. everybody feels like, well, look at Southampton now. Right. Look at Southampton now and where they might go and, you know, 
what's going to happen to them in the championship. Um, they're the great escape. That does not feel like it's going to happen. Um, and the difference here is, right, is that even though they've been poached, even though they've been kicked when they were down, even though they've had internal issues like Moises Caicedo, remember that, right? Mm -hmm. There was him saying he wanted to leave and then him kind of getting back to form. And that doesn't always happen. Um, so the, the decisions they've been making internally, the, the standards and the ethos that they've built at Brighton, um, has been good for the last few seasons since they've been in the premier league. Um, it, it is whether or not they can take some sort of a next step, um, or just embrace that they're going to be essentially like, uh, the Ajax, the Ajax long-term, uh, of the premier league where they're just a selling club. They're a selling club that that puts that that it embraces it and continues to give opportunities. Um, but I I hope I actually the Premier League that is Arsenal, man. <laughs> yeah. That's no, I know. I, I'm, think, I'm thinking more. I'm thinking more in transfer policy. I get you. I get you. I, well, I, I'm thinking more in transfer policy, I not you. in you know. I right. get you. But I, I love everything going on there, man. And I just hope that it doesn't necessarily turn into a situation where two, three seasons from now. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear what other people think. Uh, do we feel like Brighton, that this is sustainable? Or will inevitably, if they embrace that selling, they get rid of McAllister, they get rid of Caicedo, they start to spend freely. Mm -hmm. uh, are we worried that they turn into the next Southampton and that's, that two, three seasons from now, we find them in the championship again? That is a good point. That is a good point. I don't think that will be the case because the owner... He's highly involved. He's highly involved. Yeah. And other clubs, St. Gilles is improving, and he's showing results on that end too, and he's the owner of both I agree. clubs. And Liverpool, yeah. just wanted to say, Liverpool fans, see the end of the season as the preseason. Leicester did this, and they won the Premier League when, uh, la, uh, then after that season. Liverpool, <laughs> until now, they got six. Aye, Liverpool are in their sixth win in a row in the league. They have Trent yes, with sir. a new role. They got Salah that has reached the 30 goals in his third straight season. And everybody knows that Liverpool's not succeeding this season because of the lack of depth in midfield. So we will know yeah. that next, we all know that next season, Liverpool are going to go bold in the Premier League. And if you don't, yeah. you're being warned because Liverpool will yeah. be playing with Trent in a new role and they'll be solved with the fullbacks and midfield. So it's going to uh, be very interesting, the Prem next season. <laughs> a, a couple weeks ago, no, a couple months ago, I would have fought back on this. Mm -hmm. A couple months ago. But I, I do believe that the framework is there. Um, yeah, that, that they, they do have the possibility uh, to, mm -hmm. to, I don't know, to contend, I guess. To contend yeah, yeah, yeah. once again. I mean, the one thing is, is you think about this and you say, like, if you didn't extend Mo Salah, Mm -hmm. Would you have more depth? Yeah, you would have more depth, I guess, in the midfield. You might have been able to reinvest. But mm -hmm. I don't think the mistake was ever uh, uh, ever extending Mo Salah, right? I mean, the guy has given you 30-plus goals in four out of the last six seasons, mm -hmm. uh, every season in the last three seasons. He's now, uh, Mo Salah is now the uh, highest-scoring Egyptian of all time, which is kind of awesome, I guess. Um, and he had 180, he's now got 186 Liverpool goals, which ties with this kind of uh, massive Liverpool legend named Steven Gerrard, Oof. right? Mo Salah has done what he needs to do, for sure. You know where the mistake probably was? It was overspending on the attack that got decimated by injuries anyway, mm -hmm. right? I agree. And a little bit of that money could have been reinvested um, to provide some maybe cut rate uh, midfield depth. But listen, I'm, 
all of that aside, um, I am 100% in the camp that Liverpool should be top three, top hmm. two next season. I I, th- I I agree with you. And they got Klopp too. Klopp knows what he needs to do to win a Premier League against Man City and Pep Guardiola. And not a lot of teams can say that in the Prem. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, and I do have one question for you because it's a, it's a really small sample size. It's literally been a few games, uh, mm-hmm. one month. But Trent Alexander-Arnold, I mean, did, did his movement essentially in the midfield or tucking into the midfield, whatever you want to call it, uh, obviously he's been really, really high contribution, right, mm-hmm. since then. Uh, in this small sample size, do we believe that Trent Alexander-Arnold may have just saved a little money in pursuit in pursuit of midfield depth at Liverpool? I, I still think they're going to sign two midfielders. Even so, Trent can do that, but they, they, they should. They need depth. That was the, I think right. Trent playing the role he plays is crucial and needed, but they still need yeah. options. That's the biggest problem of Liverpool, in my opinion, this season. And Fair on enough. the Prem side, I want to say Harry Kane okay, has officially surpassed now Wayne Rooney on the all-time goal-scoring charts in the Premier League. And he's got 209 goals scored in the Premier League. This is one of the best strikers I've ever seen in England. And he will be remembered, even without trophies, he will be remembered as an elite striker for uh, Tottenham and for the English national team too. I gotta say that. And Burnley, what an extension with company. That's done. 2028 extension, and I'm very, very curious to see this rebuild in the Premier League of Burnley because they it made history in the championship, becoming the team with I think the, the most the team that won the championship faster, fastest ever, ever. So yeah. I'm very curious Absolutely. to see what's going to happen on, on that extension. Seven games remaining, right? Seven games <laughs> remaining, and I think the bigger Houdini there, the bigger uh, change. Uh, was the fact that he, he turned Burnley from um, uh, a, a name mm-hmm. uh, synonymous with bunker down, uh, take your legs, take your legs off, you'll never get past me, you'll die before you see the net, right? Type of uh, you know football playing uh, to a Burnley that plays an incredibly attractive style of football. Now, whether or not he can replicate that, because he's obviously learned from the best, mm-hmm. whether or not he can replicate that with obviously his current current player personnel uh, or with really prudent signings next season, that that remains to be seen because they relied not just on loans last season. They relied on loans of young players. Okay. Ian Matson at True. fullback was absolutely ridiculously vital to how uh, Vincent company played last year. Uh, Manchester city's uh, Taylor Harwood Bellis was at center back. Uh, Nathan Tella came in 23 years old from uh, Southampton and scored ridiculous amounts of goals in 2023 for them to uh, put a little uh, room in between them and Sheffield United. So it is, you, you brought it up. I'm just going to kind of like accentuate it. Mm-hmm. It is going to be a crazy little tightrope uh, that he's going to have to walk uh, for Burnley to stay up next season. They play a really cool style of play, but whether or not it translates and they make all the right signings, that's going to remain to be seen. Um, but <laughs> I, like I love that it. you shouted it out. I didn't expect that to happen in the Premier League section. I, I, you're, so. saying, you're saying Appreciate about relegation and the last club that we got to mm-hmm. talk here. And want to mention United Fast. Garnacho extension until 2028. The right move. I'm very hyped to see one of the best wingers, young wingers, under 20 definitely, in the Premier League. Yep. And right move from Eric Ten Hag. And the best midfield. 
No doubt in my mind this season of Man United, it's Casemiro, Eriksen and Bruno Fernandes. They have to get mm. more options in midfield. Don't rely on a McTominay. Sabit said yes, he's been a bit, he's been good at given times, but get more midfielders and better midfielders to win a Premier League against Man City. But Chelsea, Chelsea, whoa, yeah. they got a midfielder <laughs> with Enzo Fernandes. And Enzo Fernandes, yeah. the best, has not been seen at Chelsea, no doubt in my, my mind. Because the Chelsea team is not a high-functioning team around him. And Mudrik too. No. 15 games, zero goals. This happens not because he's not talented, because he doesn't have a functional side around him. So I wanted to say this. Yes, they won a game. Lampard has finally won a game for Chelsea, okay, in those last seven yeah. games. But the record in his mm. last 21 uh, games as a manager, it's 17 losses. And that is it's, very it, bad for Chelsea. Very bad. It is. And, Everton. and you know, one of, you know <laughs> one of the keys, right? One of the keys, and I never really understood why he got dropped. Mm -hmm. Literally one of the only good, uh, or I should say, one of the only successful acquisitions so far in terms of have won more games, I guess, than he's lost when he started, has been Benoit Badiashile, the big center back, who, guess what, scores his first Premier League goal versus Brentford, and guess what, Chelsea win when he's on the pitch. And he's the one that was left off the Champions League list. He's also the one that, for some reason, was just put behind everybody else. Uh, but it's it's no it, it's not an actual thesis. It's not an actual kind of I guess major point here, but it does speak a, a little bit of volume that it was a Connor Gallagher and a Chaloba, right? That wind up having the outsized uh, influence on the game for Chelsea to win and scrape that win uh, three to one against Brentford. I think it was three to one. Up, it up. just goes to show uh, Bournemouth. I'm sorry, you're right. Not against Brentford. Liverpool against Bournemouth, and it just goes to Brentford. That, thank you. It just goes to show you, though, that like Chelsea, <laughs> we've said this before, but Chelsea was not some broken down club six months after they won the Champions League. Mm -hmm. They were not. They were never that. I get it. Connor Gallagher is not Enzo Fernandez, but Connor Gallagher has a role to play in this squad, mm. just not the role that he's currently playing. Okay, <laughs> and the it, it really it comes down to the fact that. The, the, the Todd Bowley, bull in a china shop approach led the majority of these guys to some of the worst morale, uh, probably in their careers, yeah. okay? Because he was bringing in, you know, you get a new player, you get a new player, you get a new player, you, you flood the zone with all sorts of personalities. And how do you not sit there and go, am I on this team sheet? They sold me a bill of goods to come here. They paid me a lot of money, so I guess I'm getting paid well. But am I even part of this this vision? And that is a really, really simple thing to, like, run back and say, that's where it went wrong. Yeah. Because there is enough talented footballers at Stamford Bridge right now that obviously they should be much closer to European positions than they are to relegation, which is currently still Chelsea's reality. Mm -hmm. All right? So I think Chelsea's not going to be top three next season, but I think they will move a whole lot higher um, than I guess we might give them credit for. But it all comes down to whether or not Bowley's actually learned a lesson. Whoa. They, they can be top three, Breton, if they get the right manager. Yeah. I, they can be top three. I really, I really Maybe. believe they could with the right manager because Chelsea this yeah. summer, I fully expect a huge summer sale of players like Ziyech. 
They should have sold yeah. him on the line with PSG. They were focused on Enzo Ridiculous. Aubameyang went uh-huh. wrong. Kovacic deserved more respect elsewhere. Uh, Mason Mount, he deserves more respect too. Gallagher, I don't know. I'm not sold on him. Pulisic might leave, but a lot of players are going to leave. And Tiago Silva yeah. too. He's he's had enough, as it seems, uh, uh, in Chelsea. Kante too might be leaving. Yeah. So they just need a whole reorganization. And you said it. The main reason why Chelsea was so poor this season was because Todd Boyley signed a load of players. A load of players. Even more even more places needed to be added in the locker room, which is an absolute yep. madness, dysfunctional decision. And Todd Boyley never appointed a better manager than the previous one. Check. Graham Potter. <laughs> Graham Potter is not better than Tuchel, and Lampard is not better than Graham Potter. That is facts in my opinion, and he better appoint a better manager for the next season because that's what it's needed. Minimal, minimal requirements. <laughs> minimal requirement. And, and Lampard had his first win since March 11th. That's how bad uh. things are right now. And they avoided mathematically the relegation battle. Chelsea is absolutely devastated right now and, and devastating to look right now. But I do not, uh-huh. I do not subscribe to the Arsenal fans that are mocking Chelsea this season. Like Chelsea have been, like Chelsea could mock Arsenal for the past last two decades nonstop. Okay, mm-hmm. the invisible Aaron. Okay, the last decade, <laughs> the last decade nonstop. Yeah. So let's wait and see how they will bounce back because they won two Champions Leagues in in the last few yeah. years. So let's and, and I don't. It's not insane to say Chelsea the bottom, the bottom has already been hit. Mm-hmm. The bottom has already been hit. It's only up from here. Um, uh, and and I you you said Tiago Silva might already be out of there. Well, if he's not, he'll probably be divorced because his wife is definitely already out of London. Uh, because <laughs> she's the one I think on Twitter that's kind of like, well, my husband doesn't this, my husband doesn't that, well, right? That's it. Or girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's it's wife, it. Right? It's wife, yes. uh, oh my but, uh, Before cool. we move on from Premier League, really, really quickly, pour one out for Leeds United. It was not Jesse Marsh's fault. Um, whatever's going there they finally finally did the right thing i think it's still gonna kind of wind up with relegation which Mm -hmm. is sad but they finally did the right thing and they got rid of the guy that was pulling the strings uh kind of todd Bowley style in this sense uh but it's victor orta is finally out uh at leeds united which i think as the season progressed people started to realize why are we spending 35 million on rooter when we're not gonna play him right (laughs) Um, so hopefully Leeds United can bounce back because there was a period of time where we all, we all got behind, whether it was Bielsa or Marsh, we got behind kind of how they were playing, uh, and how they were employing and who they were employing. Uh, but as of right now, I don't think they've hit the bottom yet. I agree. And I agree. It's I a bummer. It's Leeds, Leeds, keeping these players too will be very hard. Like a Brendan Aronson, it will. Rasmus Christensen. These are all players with high expectations. Tyler Adams. That can be yeah, said. McKenzie's already checked out. I can tell you that much. <laughs> he's already checked out. He's so, he's halfway to another club. But yeah. So all these players, man. Let's wait and see what, what's gonna happen with Leeds United. But tell us down below yeah. what you expect from the Premier League. What haven't we mentioned? And just go bold, okay, with the topics because we like to see those comments down below on YouTube. And if you're listening until now. Do not forget to like, like, like this video, episode 104. But 
if we mention bad ownership with Todd Boyley, I'm going to mention to excellent ownership now on the there other end with Napoli. Yeah. Napoli deserve recognition. One of the best teams this summer, last summer in the transfer market, Di Laurentiis but went bold with his decision making, especially when Kolebali, Mertens, and Insigne just left. Napoli went bold and won the first Scudetto in 33 years and two, the first time to reach a quarterfinals of the Champions League. I really yeah. believe that De Laurentiis is aiming, aiming to win the Champions League. It can be yeah. done if they keep players like Varadona, Kvaratskhelia, <laughs> Ozime, yeah. Lobotka, Minje Kim. These are key players for the successful Napoli and fullback Matias Oliveira. What a player. They deserve everything that's coming for them. I want to say that. <laughs> I, I, I think it's absolutely wonderful. Um, 33 <laughs> years 33 years of waiting. Um, and listen, it's not only those that they brought in. Um, they got such a, a, a different quality mm -hmm. from guys like Labotka, right? From guys, uh, the supporting cast, if you will, from guys like Zelinsky. Uh, from a lot of their backup players that came in trying to prove a point, right? Mm -hmm. um, even Chucky Lozano, come on, becoming the first Mexican to win the Scudetto. That's pretty <laughs> awesome, That's right? Awesome. Um, and I, I hate saying great things about Mexican players, and I'm probably going to do it again in a little bit. But listen, it, it's, it's, it's great stuff. But it's so crazy. Mm -hmm. It is so insane how De Laurentiis either got so incredibly fortunate or is so amazing at making these these you know transfers he hit on almost 99% of his signings last season and not only that they were they were good enough to win the scudetto with min jae kim was in the chinese super league not just two seasons ago chinese super league in beijing okay <laughs> then he went to fenerbahce had a great season and Nobody looked at Fenerbahce's season and said, oh, Min Jae Kim is going to be the best on the planet. My goodness, he made Koulibaly, as much as I like Koulibaly, an afterthought in <laughs> Napoli. Nuts. And that is really hard to do. That is really hard to do. And then to hit on a guy that was at Dinamo Batumi, right, honing his skills in his in his home country of Georgia. I'm talking about Kaveratskilia here. To pay as little as he did for him and for him to come in and literally transform defenses in Syria because nobody knew how to defend the guy. Okay. Once again, I don't know if that is absolute just mental acuity and just being so good at your job or there's an element of luck and fortune to it, which makes you think that once Napoli is done celebrating this, which will probably be next decade, let's be <laughs> honest, but once they're done celebrating this well-deserved Scudetto, um, what's next? How Champions do you build League. this team? It's Champions yeah, League. I, think I know. They have to stay with Ozime. I think the real test mm -hmm. of Napoli will be to keep Ozime and Kvaratskhelia like they kept Mertens and Insigne. If that happens... Yeah they literally have a chance to get the Champions League. They really, really do, in my opinion. And I'm in J. Kim too okay. at center back. I'll say, the Ozime signing for Napoli, he was the most expensive signing ever yes. of Napoli. 72 million pounds, highest expectations. And now, I, I might say he's the best African player in the world. And he's got 23 yeah. goals scored and four assists in Serie A. He's been yeah. fun the mental and De Laurentiis went bold by signing such a bold fee to 70 million for Napoli, a That's team huge. that hadn't won the Serie A2. And this season, no doubt in my mind, 
Osimhen is going to win the best player of uh, Serie A. And oh, uh, no doubts in my mind, Victor Osimhen is going to be the MVP of the Serie A. And the young player of the season deserves to go mm -hmm. to Kvisha Kvaratskelje. No doubt. He might be the second, okay? But if they did it like this, Osimhen MVP, and youngest player Kvaratskelje, yeah. it would just make sense in my opinion and spalletti yeah. one more season it's been revealed one more season of spalletti and that is That's very good. very important and two victor ozime became the all-time leading goal scorer in one season one c african i victor ozime became the all-time leading african player in one season in Serie A, surpassing samuel eto victor ozime did that this season this season, a legend yeah. of Napoli, just like Maradona, just like Hamsik. Ozime is a legend now of Naples. Wanted to see. Yeah, and and listen, I, I'm not here to put any sort of negativity on the back of what is a absolutely fundamentally incredible experience, um, uh, celebration that's going on, right, in Napoli. But uh, there will be, there will be a reversion to the mean for some of these players next season. Mm. Okay, and but what, what that what that simply means is that uh, the form. <clears throat> excuse me, my voice just cracked. Wow, <laughs> I sounded like an eleven-year-old boy for a second. Um, <laughs> that that the reversion of the mean just simply means that you know they can't run as well in form. We've actually gotten a glimpse of it over the last few months, right? Napoli has not been that Napoli that we saw that was just unbeatable for for a long period of time and blitzing uh, Liverpool, right? Uh, in the Champions League. But when it comes down to it, you know, Oliveira is not going to be, say, a world-class fullback. Okay? He can be. He I don't, can be. I don't I think so. He, I disagree. There. Okay. Well, disagree. We, we can agree to gr disagree on that, but there is some some issues that he's going to have to work through, and it's going to come down like, Osimhen, absolutely world-class. Mm -hmm. Kavaradana, phenomenal first season. Let's see what he does in his second. Mm -hmm. That's all I have to say about that. He has been absolutely transcendental this season. But let's see what his second season looks like, okay? Because it's a small sample size. Yes, he was running riot in the Russian Super League or whatever it's called, right? He was running riot previous to that, but he was not, you know, scoring 15 goals, assisting 15 goals a season. He was not doing it there. So the small sample size and 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 how much has gone right for Napoli this season is going to make them, obviously, just like AC Milan last season, it's going to make them the most watched Serie A club or the most watched Champions League club heading into this next season because I do think there will be a reversion of the mean. And I do think that Napoli needs to spend uh, and needs maybe even needs to let go of one of their stars um, to be able to reinvest, I hope. to be able to reinvest properly mm -hmm. uh, in this. And I think if you're if you're smart, you're already looking to pick up a guy like Victor Boniface um, to back up Osimhen. Right. Oh. Don't bring in Raspadori on loan. Don't bring Simeone on loan, which actually was a stroke of brilliance this season. Bring in Bonifacio, get him for 15, 20 million from San Gilwaz. He's Nigerian. He's 22, 21 years old. Let him learn from Osamen for a season and use him as depth. Um, that's one step, right, from here on out. Because uh, if he's not leaving this season, he's definitely leaving ne next season, Osamen. I don't know, man. I but really don't know what De Laurentiis, we'll this man, he said, I will not sell Osamen this season. No chance. No chance. And Unless honestly, he's given 100 million reasons. Unless he's given 100 million reasons to say yes. But who did they... I, it's not who they say. It's irreplaceable. But Boniface, I like that shot from Real St. Gilles. I just think yeah. he might be going to Brighton. 
<laughs> he might be he going might be. to France. But I like that show. I think Napoli, but Matias Oliveira, again, offensively, as a fullback, he's one of my favorite players to watch. In my opinion, okay. I think he'll he'll remain a big-time player. Napoli, I think Minjay Kim. I think Lobotka. Yeah. I think uh, Kvaradona. Uh, and Ozime. These for sure will have to end Matias Oliveira. They have to stay. Players yeah. that they can leave, Lozano, I think he might leave. He's got a market too. Yeah. And Peter Zielinski. Zielinski's got a market too. A lot of teams need a midfielder yes. like him too. So people, tell us down below, do you share the same thought as Breton or do you think that, that Napoli will go bold in the Champions League next season? That I really, De Laurentiis is giving that, that vibe. He's giving me that vibe. And I, I don't want to yeah. say Laporta. I don't want to transition to Laporta. Because people, we got a big segment in this video. At the end of podcast episode 104, we're going to talk about the breakout stars of the season 2022-2023. A lot of young players, but we might have some under-26 players in the mansion. And a lot of players, if you know Brighton, you know who we're going to mention in this team. But exciting times, mm -hmm. Brenton. Aren't we going to be mentioning great players? We are. We absolutely are. And I, I don't know why I spent so much time on this, but I did. And I've got lists of players. We're not going to name them all. But yes, Breakout 11 was, was hard to do. Uh, but, uh, it, this is why we love football. This is why we're, this is why it's FC wonder kid, not just wonder kid, but th the breakout season is kind of what you and I live for mm -hmm. those players that we all probably didn't know much about the season prior. And now they are uh, doing everything they can to make a name for themselves in a massive world of mm -hmm. football. Okay. So do you want to start with your goalkeeper? Yeah, what, I'll, what would you give? I'll, I'll start here with my goalkeeper. And I want to justify okay. this is a breakout player internationally. He's not a breakout player for me watching Portuguese football. I knew the talent of this player, but my breakout yeah. Defense, my breakout stars, defenders edition of this season. I will put Dio Costa, goalkeeper, starter internationally for Portugal. Huge breakout, one save and one assist in one Champions League game. Then defenders like with it. Destiny Udogi, Levi Colville, Antonio Silva, and Jeremy Fringpong. This is my breakout yeah. defenders edition 11. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, I will go with one. I've been watching a lot of legal in this season. Mm -hmm. And obviously we've all heard of the 30 year old will still, although everybody's forgotten about him now that Stodd <laughs> Reams unbeaten streak has come to an end and they're still spending, I think what 22,000 or so to keep him uh, employed. Uh, Cause he doesn't have that, the proper credentials, but listen, his goalkeeper has been a massive, massive part of it. Stodd Reams goalkeeper, Yvon Doof, 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 how do you say that? Doof? Uh, 23 years old. He's only conceded 21 goals in 27 Ligue 1 games. He leads Ligue 1. Okay. Remember, this is Ligue 1 with Donnarumma in it. Mm -hmm. He leads Ligue 1 in clean sheets, 14. He leads it in the least goals conceded a game with 0.8. He's top in the league with, uh, I think, save percentage, 82% of shots faced he has saved. And on top of that, he is on top of the league again with Donnarumma in it. Mm -hmm. in goals prevented goals prevented so uh he blanked psg twice uh they he's uh no i'm sorry he blanked psg once he's blanked um nice he they've beaten lille they've or they've uh clean sheeted lille they've clean sheeted monaco so if you don't know his name um definitely keep an eye out uh, for him because i think he's going to be kind of like one of the more hot commodities at least for some of the the uh, bigger clubs 
Um, do you have any other names that you bandied about in there, or mm-hmm. goalkeeper I, I, was hard? Uh, yeah, no, 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 that was a, that was a hard one. Yeah, Lafont can't be mentioned. Martin Van der Voet, yeah. he's already known by people. He's good, but yeah, yeah. that's a good mention. That's only, a good mention. Only other guy I gotta mention is Mark Flecken from Freiburg. Freiburg continues to be up pretty high in the Bundesliga table, but most people that probably weren't watching the Bundesliga wouldn't have really recognized his name when that Dutch uh, World Cup squad was announced, and they're like, who the heck is Mark Flecken? Well, Mark Flecken is one of the better and more consistent goalkeepers in the Bundesliga. He's also older. I think he's 26, 27. But mm-hmm. beyond that, Yevon jo- uh, Juf. El Haji Juf, right? Is that how you say it? Remember his name from yep. Bolton? Mm-hmm. Why can't I say his name? Anyway... On to the fullbacks. What do you want to start with? You want to start with left back? Because I think we're going to be unanimous. I said the defenders. I said it already. The defenders. Oh, Udogi, did? Levi Colville, Antonio Silva, and Frank Pong Bretson. <laughs> Wait, how did you do Udogi? I, I said Udogi. That's the Udogi, left back. Yeah. Yeah, but how did you do Udogi when Alejandro Balde? Ah, that's a good mention. That's a, I was. I thought you were going to say that. Nah, that's, that's the best breakout. You're right. You're right. Oh, I have to confess. Okay. You're that's the best okay. left back uh, breakout. That is true. That, that's why I, I just thought you were like mentioning a name to mention a name. I, I Also, my brain is absolute a, a puddle right now. But listen, my left back is Alejandro Balde. My center back is Min Jae Kim. I know he's not necessarily young. Mm-hmm. My other center back is Antonio Silva. And my right back, um, you know, I'm hesitant to put him but jeremy frimpong oh, um you because because so you mentioned it oh now i'm thinking about you know, that <laughs> frimpong 19 goal involvements man and the only reason he doesn't get a breakout shout from last season is because injury cut it short for him uh but he has been nothing short of incredible under shabby alonzo uh and i i also really did want to throw like it at that right back position rico lewis because of how highly pep guardiola has just been about him. Like Pep Guardiola has basically said like Rico Lewis kind of made us all hungry again, right? Um, in that, you know, when we were languishing in second, we were kind of fighting to get back to Arsenal. Uh, Rico Lewis showed us how to like fight for the ball. I don't know if he said it in as many words, but six. it's, it's he's five foot six, yeah. Rico Lewis. And, and the he, fact that he and has he fights that like he's seven foot. Exactly. Yep. He has that ambition. That is yep. great. I'm going to confess. I'm going to change. It's not Udogi. It's not Udogi. Yep. One of the breakout players <laughs> there, though, in Serie A is <laughs> going to talk to them next season. So people watch out for that. But I'm going to correct it in Baldic. Thank you, Breton, for spitting, spitting facts with your left back because it's facts. I try. But mention Samuel Illing Jr. It's a quick mention for mm. the left back. He scored his first <laughs> goal for Juve in his first start. And he's the first Englishman in like, I think, in the 1990s to score a goal for Juve. So that is a massive and great influence. So my and, and this Sorry. this is not a breakout, but I do from the left back side of things. Okay, uh, I have Alejandro Balde, but one of the left backs we have to talk about, uh, Pervis Estupinan. I know he's not under 23 anymore, uh... but it still it still remains one of the best signings of the entire Premier League season. True, right? But he was important uh, for the, Villarreal, though. He right. was important, but I, I guess you know him kind of coming out and being in the Premier League. I don't know. It feels a little bit different. Okay. I get where you're going with that. I completely understand it. But more impressively, I just need to throw out there that Cucurella, I believe, was sold to Chelsea for 65. Mm-hmm. And Estupinan was signed for a very prudent 15. 18 million euros. Oh, 15 million? 15 million. So it's it's a net 50 million <laughs> euro gain on this. And that alone uh, makes it at least a, brace, a breakout fiscally. 
Uh, only other person we got to mention is Milos Kerkos, Kerkic from oh, um, Az yes. Az Alkmar, who will be fighting in the Europa Conference League uh, semifinals. Um, he has been nothing short of um, astounding, actually, and could be on his way to... Javifika. Could be for 20 million. So left backs break out this season. We got Samuel Lilling Jr. We got yep. Milos Kerkes. We've got Destiny mm -hmm. Udogi. And the best one, we have to say is Alejandro Balde for Barca. I yep, agree. Absolutely. Left-backs, two people. There's not a lot of left-backs to watch, so the fact that we're mentioning your left-backs, that's, that's people. Put down below. Put down below if you're impressed with that. And put down below your suggestion for under uh, for breakout players, defenders. So, mm -hmm. my, the midfield now. I'm playing in a 4-3-3, and my breakout mm -hmm. midfield, okay, of this season has Enzo Fernandez. Xavi Simmons and Ornari. These three midfielders just they burst onto the scene this season and for first team football. Xavi Simmons okay. can be said as one of the best midfielders in Eredivisie. Definitely the best midfielder going forwards. Xavi Simmons is that guy. Two times the best player in Eredivisie this season. Unreal. Yeah. More than 15 goals for PSV with Fabio Silva yeah, going <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> Xavi Simmons, uh, that Johan Bakayoko. I mean, PSV is given opportunities. Rude von Nisselroy is giving opportunities to guys that deserve it. But yeah, Xavi Simmons going from not really playing a lick of professional ball to being the leading scorer in the Eredivisie for a little while. That's some impressive stuff. So I actually have him in my midfield as well. My midfield is, uh, I'm going to go the other end of that Argentina little uh, duo. You're going to mention, I'm going to say Alexis McAllister from Brighton. Um, obviously hesitant to put him in there because he's a little bit older, but Alexis McAllister, Xavi Simmons, and Gabri Vega is mine for Celta de Vigo. Um, and he's one that I think Real Madrid is uh, homing in on, and if they don't get Jude Bellingham or they got some money left in the coffers, I, I could see them bringing Gabri Vega in. Um, and Gabri Vega has been, just look up, you know, what he's done in La Liga. He's not heard about because he's not, you know, in the top three teams, right? He's not Atleti, he's not Barcelona, and he's not Real Madrid. Uh, but he has been nothing short of amazing uh, for Celta. But dude, this, the, the depth in these midfielders here, I mean, there's so many names here. Just tell me, from a breakout perspective, beyond McAllister, Simmons, Vega, Ugart, Lavia, Fagioli for, uh, from Juve, Vermeeren from Royal Antwerp, uh, Coxu from Feyenoord, Lefay from uh, Lorient, Jacob Ramsey has had a phenomenal season for Aston Villa, definitely break out there. Uh, Arda Goulart, Fenerbahce, finally getting played by George, Horde, I can't say it, George, George Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> um, Sherky, uh, Desiree, Desiree Douai from uh, Stade Rene. But anyway, just such a, an amazing list uh, there, some of which are higher up than others, I'm, like Ugart's a, no, a very known quantity, but I just love how many breakout stars there have been this season. And you're mentioning Ugart. Ugart, for me, will definitely be yeah. heading to the Premier League, one of the best defensive mid talents available in the summer, and he will be a starter for Uruguay in the future, next to Fede Valverde and Bentacur. What a midfield! They're building Uruguay. That is ridiculous. And Jonesh, yes. I want to say breakout star. And at mm. the end of the season, too, Jonesh at the start of the season was the as a substitute for Benfica B. Now he's starting for Benfica in their most important game this season with Braga. Okay, That's and they amazing. won it. They won it. Jonesh was involved at 18. Resembles a lot 
Jomotin. Jomotin. He resembles yeah. him. The vision, the complete, the tidiness playing. He doesn't say Chris, yeah. but when he does, it's a great forward pass. So please pay attention yeah. to Jo Nevsh. But ooh, great list of players we're mentioning here. And again, if yep. you if if we haven't player if we haven't mentioned a player that you're thinking, put down below in the comments section. We want to see those comments bursting with suggestions. But the three fours, yes. Breton. I'm excited to hear these three fours that you have. Like it's it'll tough. be hard. This is tough. There, there's so many first off so many strikers a lot of left wingers so i know there's going to be a little flexibility thrown in there but i'm going to stick with a you know a right winger a true right winger true left winger and a striker uh so my left winger come on we've talked about him before i couldn't get away from it even though it put some other people down there my left winger uh breakout star kavicha kavaritskilia napoli my striker is going to surprise you it's santiago jimenez a goal in eight consecutive year to busy games. He's got 12 goals and 14 year to busy starts in 2023. And he is literally the guy that put Feyenoord over the finish line and looking at their first trophy in a little while uh, in the year to busy. So Jimenez Mexican striker, I have to do it as much as it hurts me. And right wing is going to surprise you. You ready? My right wing broke out last season at the exact right time for Real Madrid, oh. but he has broken out for the entire season. It's a little bit of a cheat, but it's Rodrigo. Because, come on, Rodrigo, that, okay, Vinicius Jr., Benzema, Rodrigo, that is your three. And I'd love to see a few more years of it if Benzema can do it. But Rodrigo has become absolutely vital uh, to Ancelotti's Real Madrid. And uh, I, I had to throw him out there instead of throwing a left winger over there. I so like Rodrigo's it. my right winger. I like it's, it's it. It's a cheat. And, and I to, agree. And to go with what you're saying, Rodrigo has improved massively this season. But last season, he was a clutch Rodrigo with that goal in the last yeah. second with Man City. But this season, he's got 16 goals and 10 assists, Rodrigo Goic. And he will be yeah. a La Galactico for the next decade. For sure. But ooh, what yeah. a hard choice it is for forwards. And I cheated, yes. I put two left wingers. <laughs> I did that, okay. Right. But I believe Kvaratskhelia can go to the other wing because in-game, he can play right yeah. wing too. I believe Kvaratskhelia has that in his skill set. So my three forwards, I have Kairou Mitoma. What a breakout season mm. in the Premier League. The highest goal scorer in one season. Japanese in the Premier League doing history. Forwards. I have Rasmus Holland that scored all five goals of Denmark, okay, in the last international break. And I have like the right wing Kvisha Kvara Skelje, the one the best signing in Serie A last season. For the amount he it was, for the output he got. 10 million yeah. Kvisha Kvara Skelje, and for many Kvara Dona. But strikers, Rasmus Holland, Santiago Jimenez. Uh, great shouts, yep. Bretton. Great shouts. I love how you're it, saying it, that. It has to be because we're forgetting. I mean, the depth there, you you picked Holland. Mm -hmm. uh, also, a, another very possible transfer target for Napoli if they want to do it. But sure. Santiago Jimenez, Holland. But listen to these guys. Evan Ferguson, right? Oh. For for Britain. Okay, phenomenal. Balogun at one point was leading the golden boot mm -hmm. in uh in Lyon. Um, we've got Victor Bonifacio, who we talked about, uh, who did well not just in the Europa so League, but also obviously uh for Union San Gilwaz. Lois Openda, who is basically Belgium's future, right? True. As striker, uh, True. who I think has 18 plus, 19 plus goals in Lyon. Um, Gift Orban, K-A-A Ghent, um, yep. uh, another Nor uh, 
Norwegian, another Nigerian striker. Um, and then the last one is the guy that just hit a flipping poker against Lyon. Mm. Eli Wahi, 20-year-old uh, Frenchman, French striker, just hit for a poker against Lyon. And you're ready for this? Still lost. Still <laughs> lost because of a guy named Alexander Lacazette who now leads the Golden Boot with 24 goals in Lyon because he scored two goals in the last 10 minutes to have a poker of his own hey. to win the game 5-4. to four. But Eli Wahi, my goodness. Oh, um, no, so so many strikers. Oh, that's so much, man. Oh, my days. Oh, like, like yeah. I said, really went bold with that. <laughs> they really oh. went bold. So the list of strikers put down below. Is there a striker that we didn't mention with this breakout 11? And I'm going to say now, my breakout 11 of 2022-23 season has Dio Costa internationally for Portugal. Then I have Balde, <laughs> Levi Colville, Antonio Silva, and Frank Fong. My three in midfield with Enzo. Xavi Simmons and Onahi, and my three forwards with Mitoma, with uh, Rasmus Hoyland, and with Kvaradona at the right wing. Hey, you're so like bold it. of a team, in my opinion. Oh, like it. it. Before I name mine, would Martinelli be a breakout this season? Uh, Why do we not have Martinelli? Well, I mean, he's, well, a, he's, a, well. he's a true left winger. That'd be tough. Well, but... That is a well point. No, but he is better than Mitoma for me this season. He is Martinelli. better than Mitoma. He's got 15 goals. Uh, and I like how you say that. I think in importance, it's been a breakout <laughs> season for Martinelli. Yeah. But as known as a player, I think he was already yeah. very, very known. So for the people at home, yeah. they knew what Martinelli was about with that Chelsea goal. I might say that was his breakout to the world after he did that run yeah. against Chelsea. So Good. that's how I justify you make it. You make me feel a little better. And also, you know, he's a left winger, and I don't legal, think <laughs> like as good as I did. I did, but <laughs> I, I think as as big as Martinelli has been, obviously Kavard Skilia at left wing has been much bigger this mm -hmm. season in terms of them winning their first Scudetto in 33 years. So my uh, my breakout eleven here is Yevon from Stad Rim, uh, 23 year old goalkeeper, Balde, left back. Center backs are Min Jae Kim and Antonio Silva. Right back is Jeremy Frimpong. My midfield is McAllister, Xavi Simmons, and Gabri Vega from Celta. Check him out. Uh, and my uh, up top, you've got at left wing, Kavard Skilia. You've got at striker, Santiago Jimenez, as much as it pains me, El Tree striker. And right winger, uh, confusing everybody, it's Rodrigo. Um, <laughs> I like that you said it, confusing dude, everybody. It, <laughs> yeah, that's my job here. But we we didn't mention like the center backs, Scalvini and Lukeba oh. and Hincapi. I mean, yeah. like I would even call Andreas Christensen a breakout season based on how high you've been on him for Barcelona this season. It's, it, I know he true. played for Chelsea previously, but that's it, true. And uh, Nathan Ake. Would you put Nathan Ake in breakout? No. I know he played for Bournemouth. I know yeah. he played for Chelsea previously, but the the season he's having having is just such a ridiculous I, 800 yeah. levels above any season he's ever had in football it's i agree but it's like jude bellingham like jude bellingham he's been better True. this season but last season he was already scoring in the champions league too so i kind of get True. where you're coming from but mm -hmm. at the other side i'm like mm, i'm still yeah. i still consider like quite good 11 so tell us down below yeah. your 11 of breakout stars my last Ooh. mention and i think i will say in the breakout stars of next Season will be Vitor Roque that Barca 
Please, mm. if you're selling Rafinha, if you're selling Fati, sign Vitor Roque that has the potential of Hendrik. If you see Brasileira, you know what Vitor Roque is about. Next to Pedri, Gavi, Ronaldo Araújo, Balde, Vitor Roque matches that potential. So please, just get that yeah. done, Barca. I wanted to leave yeah. that message. Please, please. That's good. That's good. And the last, the, the, the last mes message that I will leave uh, is... A, a funny tweet I think I stole from football tweet who definitely stole it from somebody else. Okay. <laughs> or maybe it was troll football on Twitter. Uh, but, you know, you were giving me a little bit of grief for cheating on Rodrigo. Okay. Understood. Uh, I just realized I forgot to put it in the notes. Do you know the last two goal scorers in the Premier League against Manchester City? You know what their names are? Ah, Vinicius and Rodrigo. <laughs> Carlos Vinicius, yep, and Rodrigo for Leeds United. So uh, I don't know. Does that mean that they're gonna they're gonna cook? Real Madrid's gonna um, you know open up a can of something on Manchester City, or it's just a happy happy coincidence, I guess. No. Um, but no. All I can say is I'm I'm stoked. Um, we're gonna get back to doing lives again one day. But as of right now, I cannot wait to watch this football this week of football ahead. Uh, and hey, any anything else to add there? Yes, I think Sadio Mane might be leaving too. Declan Rice Ooh. might be leaving too. And Usemaor has been confirmed that he'll be going to Roma most likely. And we'd love to see mm. now down below. Put down below. We want to see would you, where do you think Neymar will go? Where do you think Messi will go? Because I'll end up with this bold statement. Neymar leaving Barcelona was not just the biggest mistake of Barcelona. It was the biggest mistake of Neymar's career to accept going to PSG. I believe if he had stayed at Barca, he would have won a Ballon d'Or in the meantime until now with Barca. I really believe that that, that would have happened, in my opinion. Wow. And, yeah. like, and Barca, since selling Neymar to $220 million, they got a Coutinho. They got Griezmann afterwards, too. A whole bunch of wrong decisions. Dembele was unfortunately injury prone, so they shouldn't have sold Neymar, the Deku has reportedly said Neymar was forced to leave Barca. Deku has said this. No one has more inside info about Barca than Deku. So please, the new Alemani, right? He, he would be the, the good Alemani. He would be really good Alemani. So? I, I believe okay. in Deku. I, Deku is We're, he has a football agency here in Portugal. I've managed to yeah. see what the players and he attracts and the businesses he does. And he yeah. always does better for the players. I, not a lot of players go wrong with Deku. And that shows that he knows yeah. about football. He knows about football mm. management. So, Alemany, uh, Tustin Villa, that's another one. <laughs> that's an interesting that one. Was, they that keep on pretty, winning. Pretty yeah, that was a pretty surprising exit there. That's true. Um, but we'll see. I mean, Barcelona, once again, <laughs> going to be the talk of the town when it comes to this transfer window, whether or not they can afford Messi, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but I am interested. I do have one last question for you because we, we, we didn't talk about the Europa League, and I feel bad. Mm. Um, but it seems AC Milan, or AC Milan, it seems AS Roma, Mourinho is, is kind of, he, he's out of the champions. He's out of all European spots at this moment in time. I believe he's in eighth. Yeah. Okay, maybe seventh. Okay, uh, so they've got a little work to do in Syria. Um, do you think that little mix-up, that little mess-up, uh, is going to affect their their fixture against Bayer Leverkusen this week? I think when it's knockout stages, Mourinho just goes bold, and it's going to be very difficult for <laughs> Xabi Alonso to get what he wants yeah. against Jose Mourinho and Roma. So I'll be leaning more on Roma 
But my favorite team yeah. to watch this season is Bayer Leverkusen that unfortunately lost this weekend. I was so sad when that happened. But Xabi Alonso can be considered the breakout manager. <laughs> when, we were, when we were talking there. about breakout players, Xabi might be the breakout manager next to Will Still too. So I just Yeah, to next to Will that. Still. My, my oh, team, I man. love it. I love it. I love it. But for those watching, it's Bayer Roma and it's Juve, who's back in form, versus Sevilla, the perennial Europa League uh, winners. Um, I still, I, I got to, uh, I, I said Juventus before. I'm going to say it again. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, Juventus is strong enough. And I'm going to say it in Europa Conference League. I think West Ham's going to win it all. Oof, David Moyes. That saves David Moyes' season at West Ham. It does. <laughs> it's like a good and a bad thing for West Ham fans that want him gone. He's so lucky um, that Antonio's fit too. Antonio, because yeah. no striker tends to work now. If his, his name is not Mikel Antonio with David Moyes at West Ham. Oh, my days. What is needed? But tell us down below, what have you missed in episode 104? And if you're listening until now, please smash that like button and go bold with your predictions in the comment section. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening until now. And thank you for going bold on another podcast, people.